0: Good morning. Welcome to Conversations with Buddy. It is a Friday morning around 10 a.m. I'm excited uh, for my guest today. This is the very first episode of my podcast, and it's coming to you live from the rec here in Kaiser, Oregon. And I have the privilege of interviewing one of my closest friends on here today. It is none other than the Tim Davis. He's, he's smiling and chuckling now. Uh, just a little bit about Tim. Tim is a husband, a father, a friend, a previous mortgage loan officer. A pastor, a business leader, and connector. The thing about Tim, he knows everybody in Salem and Kaiser, I swear. And he recently started a nonprofit organization, which we'll talk a little little bit later in the podcast. And the list goes on. This is a, a short introduction of Tim. It doesn't even come close to all that he's accomplished and is currently doing, but it's certainly a start. So please, help me welcome my good friend, Tim Davis. Hmm.
1: Thanks, buddy. That's uh, hard to live up to you right there.
0: <laughs> Dude, not a problem, man. You you do it well. Well, hey, today we're going to we're gonna ask Tim a few questions, get to know Tim a little bit better. I know him pretty well, but I'll bet there's some things I learned about Tim today that I didn't know. Uh, Tim and I go way back to probably the mid-2000s, would you say? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Tim was a mortgage guy, kind of like me, uh, and I can remember my first interaction with Tim, we were working at the same company together. And uh, I remember Tim coming to my office, and I'm not sure why he came to me, but he came to me and said, hey, I think I'm being led into ministry. That's what I remember. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's the thing I remember about you is it's funny how like certain things I don't remember, but other people remember. And there's certain things I'm really clear about, like it impacted me that maybe first of all, that you would come to me, but you know, God has a plan for your life, uh, maybe differently than what you thought. And it sometimes comes as a question, like, I'm doing mortgages, but I feel like I'm being called into ministry. What do you think? I'm like, that's, that's a great question. Well, mm-hmm. something you should uh, pray about. Maybe uh, you'll find that um, that's where you should be. So let's take off from there. Actually, yeah. let's go back a little bit. I want to hear a little about your upbringing. Sure. And some of those transitional pieces. So first of all, where were you born? And tell us a little bit about your upbringing.
1: Yeah. So I was born in Peoria, Illinois. Um, My parents divorced when I was two. Uh, My my brother was five. We moved to Oregon. Um, Ended up, I mean, the fast forward version would be that uh, we ended up moving 21 times during my school years. And uh, my mom remarried a couple more times. So there was a a bunch of inconsistent uh, both male role models and maybe... Uh, lacks of stability you know in my life and my what my my, uh, my mom was a very consistent nurturing loving encouraging person to me but uh, with a really bad picker you know <laughs> so yeah and uh so you know flash forward athletics was something that I was I was uh, pretty passionate about and had some success or whatever and going through you know uh, through middle school high school and so on um, my, my mom got sick with cancer my junior and senior year in high school and passed away like four months after high school. And so might've had some opportunities of scholarship or college, but I was pretty spun out by, by her death and, uh, and my need to, uh, pay rent. So, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, from there I, you know, went out, got a job, advanced pretty quickly in the organizations I was working with mostly at early on was in, uh, uh, retail, uh, management and stuff. And so made money, uh, bought Corvette, uh, drank tequila, chase girls. Yeah. And so,
0: so you live the life that a lot of people live trying to find what it is they're looking for exactly. and how'd that work out for you?
1: And not so good. And yeah. <laughs> thought so. And then, uh, you know, my somewhere around my late mid 20s, uh, I met this Jewish carpenter Jesus, and uh, yeah, and began to just radically change my life. And I Mm. looked at uh, looked at all those things I think that I thought manhood was, and realized they were actually empty. (laughs) Interesting. mm.
0: What brought you to that point where you met this Jewish carpenter?
1: Yeah. um, people were investing in my life, you know, and, uh, and the people who were, were followers of of Jesus. They weren't, uh, religious about it. They weren't, you know, uh, didn't feel like I was being evangelized, you know, just, uh, brought alongside. And so then saw aspects of their life that I wanted to emulate and and move towards. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I don't like a lot of people might have that date that They turned their life over and salvation came, you know, and they've got the the month, the date and the year. I don't necessarily have that, but uh, certainly somewhere in that process, a radical change began to happen, you know. So
0: So you were mid to late 20s at that Mm -hmm. point in time? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, So
0: Similar story for me as well, but...
1: (laughs) Yeah, and, you know, I I wake up uh, from, you know, with that, realizing that I want to be a husband and a father someday. And uh, and my tool belt's pretty much empty, so... Got it.
0: So from there... Uh, your mom passed away, yep. high school, college, uh, you get in the workforce, uh, tequila, chasing girls isn't working out, you find Jesus, then what?
1: Yeah. So I had, I've had. i always been an entrepreneurially minded person, so I had a few small businesses uh, throughout those those years, and uh, I'd like to say I think I had four, and three were successful and one wasn't. And so, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and but I had this passion growing for Jesus and for the for the Bible and uh, and got plugged in in church environments and as leadership follows you everywhere you go then you know I found myself eventually on an elder board and you know opportunities to teach the Bible and but still being a tent maker so to speak you know mm-hmm. in, in the mortgage business and and finance and stuff and so but the pull was definitely became too strong towards towards ministry and uh, yeah, so that's when we start having that conversation,
0: you know. Got and, it. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. Let's talk about uh, marriage and kids, ministry, and then I'll eventually get to the point where I want to talk to you about where you're at today and uh, the nonprofit that you started. So walk sure. me through marriage.
1: Yeah, um, uh, I have two uh, wonderful kids. I got married at uh, twenty eight um, and have, uh, had at two kids, one at thirty, and one at thirty three, and had the white picket fence and uh, you know the South Salem family and that type of thing. And uh, uh, but seven or eight years in that that uh, that marriage began to implode, and so that was a, a real time of challenge and growth in, in my life, and uh, grateful to end up uh, you know, with, uh, the level of connection and, and, uh, visitation and all that with my kids. So I just, uh, moved, moved my, uh, business stuff to, to work from home so I could be around the kids more mm-hmm. and, uh, just started staying close to Jesus and, and w- walking through that. And so, yeah, um, grateful to, to, uh, have two wonderful kids and, Went about seven years in that process and uh, doing some single dope ministry all over the country and having opportunities to speak and engage with others. And then I met, I met Joy, you know, and so that was 15 years ago. Yeah. yeah. So I've been been remarried for 14 years yeah. and uh, it's been amazing.
0: So. It's interesting how uh, God allows pain in our life, not because he wants to inflict pain, but it's probably the only way to keep us humble. Hmm. And we all have our story of pain if you've been alive long enough. And I would also say, if you haven't experienced any pain, it's coming. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, I've had my fair share of pain. Um, but I think being humble, and I think what I know about you, Tim, is I know the latter part of Tim. I didn't know the Tim prior. And uh, you're a brother in Christ. Uh, you're a personal friend, somebody I can count on. I've enjoyed the the relationship that we have. Uh, and today, what we do together in ministry is pretty awesome. But yeah, pain's a great teacher. It's never fun. I never tell anybody it's fun going through, but the joy that you get after you go through the pain, mm-hmm. from my own experience, is amazing. Um, talk to me about marriage after a divorce. Yep. Yeah. I think a lot of people have gone through this type of pain. Um, unfortunately, it happens. Yeah and yeah. marriage isn't guaranteed it's something you got to work at every single day so walk us through that real quick
1: yeah yeah i mean i just uh you know I, going through the, the breakup of that I, I really just focused on jesus i hmm. dove, dove into the bible what it has to say about marriage or, or remarriage or divorce and those type of things and and uh you know i kept myself sexually pure for like seven years as i uh I really was content where i was and uh but ministry opportunities and uh, me meeting joy was uh, obviously divine and I tried to you know I tried to shake God off for quite a while because here was this you know wonderful person that was following Jesus her whole life and uh, here I am this guy who was a drinking party and uh, you know uh, single dad of two you know and uh, but Obviously, God God won out, and
0: uh, you know
1: I finally s- submitted to, to His His will, and it, it's been the most amazing fifteen years of my life. Wow. Yeah, yeah.
0: The whole word of submission. Um, every time I see your wife Joy, I see a smile on her face. I see yeah. the joy. No pun intended, or pun intended. I see the joy that you guys both have uh, in marriage in your relationship. Uh, it's really inspiring mm. that while life isn't perfect, uh, you can have joy. You can seek the Lord and you, um, you can work through things. Yeah. uh, You know,
1: he's a forgiver, you know, and we, we all make mistakes. Certainly. Um, I think that coming back to something you'd said earlier, you know, pain is a wonderful teacher. I think that the thing that I've learned to do more quickly is when you go into a challenge, uh, at some point you need to get the spot where you're like, okay, Lord, uh, what do you have for me in this, you know, mm. fill in the blank, whatever challenge yeah. that is. And and I recognize that I'm going to have an opportunity to see you glorified and I'm going to have an opportunity to grow. And so I want to I see the most of both of those things. Mm. And so earlier in my faith walk, it would take me a while. I might play the victim card. I might blame others and get, then get to the spot where I'm like, okay, Lord, teach me everything, you know. And I'm in a spot in my life where that might have taken – Months and then down to weeks and then down to days, but but maybe you know in the last ten or fifteen years it's it's minutes before I'm okay, Lord. I I recognize that you're you're in this and you haven't fallen off your rocker, and you know I I want to learn everything I can about this, and you're going to use this unique opportunity. Now I have. I'm going to gain some authority in a subject I didn't care to learn, right? <laughs> yep. But I, you're also going to be able to use that in my life to, to reach others. So whether wow. that's, look at those past things like uh, uh, learning how to co-parent and blend a family and, and you know, all those things that I yeah. didn't plan on, but uh, have, have worked out phenomenally. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Just a few takeaways there is you could choose to be a victim, but if you really want to honor God and do it his way, he's going to take you through pain to grow. And it's kind of like going to the gym. If I go to the gym and I never stress the muscle, then it never grows. Nice. And so, muscle only grows well through pain. After you do a good workout, a leg workout, you might feel pain. That's a good thing. So I always look at pain. Well, I've learned to look at pain. Not like, not, and I'm really good at telling others to look at their own pain. <laughs> now I may need to take that only, my own advice, but uh, yeah, pain is something that God will take you through to grow you. It's like a muscle. The other thing is, uh, before you and Joy got married, you guys co-authored a book. Mm-hmm. And I forgot to mention author as one of your
1: yeah, your yeah.
0: Uh, titles, but uh, tell us about the book that you guys wrote.
1: Yeah. Um, it was a unique experience. We, we were, uh, she was born and raised in Wisconsin and I'm here. And so there's a lot of big hurdles that God needed to overcome. But, uh, yeah, we wrote this, wrote the book together, uh, as a process. It's, it's, uh, it's something that's been a, what a very rewarding process. Uh, you know, we went at it, uh, differently maybe than most people. Uh, we didn't, Kiss until the day we were engaged, and uh, um, some of those other things that I wouldn't have thought possible. You know, maybe if you you took a litmus test of Tim at 21 or 22, you know. But uh, God's done some really cool work, you know. And uh, so, yeah, the, to speak at different conferences, at single adult stuff, and seeing somebody with your book in their bag or their purse and it has mm-hmm. a bunch of a bunch of sticky notes to it, you know. And so, whether I made a bunch of money off the book or not is really irrelevant. It's it's seeing that people you know what you've went through and yeah. and give out uh, people can use for for their good too yeah. you know so yeah
0: well i've personally read the book and it's loaded with lots of questions obviously i was married by the time i read it but i gave to my girls i have two daughters and i i think it's phenomenal the questions you guys ask each other and how you grew through that so i love it
1: yeah thanks yeah
0: let's uh you know this is great by the way i love to hear the stories Uh, great stories are often bathed in pain. Hmm. It's not that your life was phenomenal and everything's perfect. Trust me in my life. It isn't perfect. I don't care what anybody says, but I love to hear the stories of not how good somebody is or how much success they've had, but the pain they've overcome and we are overcomers as we know. And that's the part I love most. I'm inspired by that. Um, I've spent my life last 24 years doing what I do, hearing people's stories that's actually one thing I'm really attracted to is not the business I'm in per se, but the stories that I get to learn and be a part of their life. That's really inspiring. So you've done uh, lots of different things. You, but after the mortgage industry, you got into being a, uh, one of the pastors at a local church here in Salem. Uh, And through that, you now uh, are part of the community and you do some pastoring, or I should say leadership outside of the church. Talk to me about uh, what, what that looks like and when did that begin?
1: Yeah. So the, the church I'm part of, uh, you know, church and hill has been something that has always been outside the church walls trying to invest in the community. Yeah. So it, so there was a natural outreach, but, uh, you know, coming from my, my life, you know, you talked about overcoming. I mean, I can play victim cards like hmm. going through multiple divorces as a child and I've lost both parents, you know, at, at early ages. And, you know, so I got lots of reasons, uh, uh, for, for me to go sideways. But, uh, but at the end of the day, uh, the God that I serve, I don't think, uh, spends any time in a rearview mirror, you know, and so mm. uh, I just have, he's given me this glass half full version of, of what to do. And so, you know, our friendship has been obviously instrumental, um, you know, other men's investment in my life. I wouldn't be where I'm at without that and for sure. And so, Um. You know, you and you and I and Sven and others were investing for long periods of time. Guys come along and and needed some advice around whatever, marriage, finances, and, and this and that. And then I remember a time of us getting together for coffee, and uh, you know, we really felt like God wanted us to duplicate ourselves, and then, and we didn't really know what that looked like, and uh, so. I remember us just thinking fast and praying, and uh, then we started inviting other guys to do what we were doing. Investing in mm-hmm. other guys, and we didn't set out to fi- start a five hundred one c three. Maybe maybe you remember it that way. I don't. I don't know. Right? Way. And uh, and then you flash forward now, seven years, and uh, Valor Mentoring, the, the nonprofit, has uh, twenty six employees. You know, two hundred volunteers. Uh, we're, we have a two and a half million dollar community center in Bowling Alley. We are. We have 12 partnerships all over the state of Oregon. We're in foster care, juvenile system, public school, private school. Um, we have production studios and podcast studios and live stages, and yeah, it's it's nuts. Yeah.
0: What's, what's interesting about this is uh, we all have different giftings, and my gifting isn't your gifting, your gifting isn't my gifting, yeah. so I see what you do, Tim, and I'm exhausted. I gotta go take a nap. <laughs> True story. So I find it really... Uh, fascinating and interesting that we all, as a body of believers, bring something to the table. And what you bring is really amazing to me, because I don't, I can't do what you do. Mm. I swear you know everybody in Salem, Kaiser. <laughs> uh, the whole way that Valor Mentoring was able to purchase uh, the bowling Alley in Kaiser, uh, the town and country now is called The Wreck, that's a story in itself. Um, do you want to talk about that at sure, all? Sure,
1: I can try to do that in a really quick way. We, I serve on six nonprofit boards, and I was leaving a meeting with Dick with Nell. We go to walk to each of our cars, and he just made a casual comment like, hey, you know, Tim, Don and Ann really need to sell town and country lanes. And mm-hmm. we got in our cars and we drove away, but I couldn't let that out of my mm-hmm. head. And uh, so the fast, the real short version is uh, I, I came, about a month later, I, I came down to the front counter and said, hey, is Don here? And Don came to the counter, and he's like, Hey, don't you have something to do with the Valor mentoring? I said, "Well, I'm one of the founders and the president." He said, "I just got chills all over my body." He's like, "Do you want to buy the place?" <laughs> and uh, that's when I knew the Lord was in it because yeah. I hadn't said anything, you know, to anybody yet about that. And so, so yeah, um, you know, f- flash forward now, it's been two and a half years, and uh, we've renovated just about every part of the building and uh, you know it's 500 people a day and uh, we're leading the, the nation in, in a kids bowl free program and, and you know there's public and private and civic meetings happening here mm-hmm. uh, you know 15 to 20 times a week uh, the, from Marion County Commissioners to Chiefs of Police to everything you can imagine they're in the building having meetings and, and we're engaging and connecting and trying to just uh, continue to do our part right to, to impact the community so.
0: I think the one thing I w- love most about what valor mentoring buying the wreck while that's really cool and you know doing the outreach to the local community I love seeing Don who previously owned the wreck for 52, 53 years, 53 huh? years yeah. he still shows up every Wednesday morning for a Bible study upstairs with the same guys for the last 30 some years yeah uh, he's still, owns the place in a way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love that he gets the ownership of this and the joy. I just, honestly, that's, that's what really brings me the most joy of being a part of Valor mentoring the wreck. Yeah. We get to change lives every day of uh, mentoring men specifically. And, uh, but I love Don's heart. I yeah. love that. I think it's really cool. I was just thinking, you know, you and I, we, we've been friends for 15 years, Finn and I, Sven and uh, you and I have been friends, well, you guys have been friends for, what, 20-something 20, 20 yeah. years, me and Sven yeah. as well. But these, this time, it didn't happen overnight. It happened over time. Mm-hmm. And any good investment, uh, it takes time. You don't build muscle overnight. You build muscle over time. Just like with any relationship, it builds over time. And, again, 15, 20 years of a great relationship with God in it has been amazing. And he's just beginning. That's the, the good news. Yeah. Any more thoughts on the wreck, and then I got one more question for you that we'd sure. love to have you share about.
1: Yeah, gosh, I just think the the thing I don't think I've highlighted enough is the the relationship investment that others make, like uh, you know, you, and Sven's relationships. I mean, we've each seen tough times, and and we each have the responsibility and opportunity to hold up a mirror to each other when uh, it looks like we're whatever. Uh, tired, short-tempered, uh, you know, needing a break or whatever, you know? And so I don't know where I'd be without uh, those types of relationships and then me being willing to give permission at, at any level to to men in my life, you know? And I think yeah. that's the other thing that I I hope other people get is that, yeah. uh, you know, accountability seems like a harsh word, but uh,
0: but it's valuable. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we come to the table as uh, mentors, uh, but anytime I'm mentoring somebody, I don't know know about you, I always remind them, go, hey, yeah, I might be mentoring you, but you're also mentoring me. Absolutely. I don't come to the table thinking I know really anything. I just come and see what the Lord has in mind. And I don't have an ego when it comes to you correcting me like, hey, buddy, your thoughts here are a little off. Cool. Thank you for helping me understand that. Because I can't always see my blind spots, and I think that's what mentoring is all about. It is a two-way street. It's not a one-way dictatorship. So yeah. I think that's part of that. Um, the question I wanted to ask you, or just maybe have you elaborate too, is a great story you've told me before. It's about your dad. Hmm. So if you don't mind, walk sure. us through a little bit about that. I think it's a great story where we can possibly end on. Uh, it starts out a little rough, possibly, yeah. but I think it ends up great.
1: Yeah. Like I said, you know, my parents divorced when I was two. We moved to Oregon. I saw my dad once at six years old, and then I didn't see him for 30 years. And so um, uh, he had came to visit Oregon, uh, I thought, to see us, but probably it was to sign papers so that we could leave the country because we moved to Brazil after that. And I I signed a baseball uh, to him that day. And then we didn't speak or hear for 30 years. And then I went to a, a retreat uh, spiritual you know getaway retreat and and god really bland me and I, I feel like i i got exposed for my unforgiveness towards my dad and i got a chance to get rid of that and within a week or two i'm on i'm on the phone with him and uh, he's in a military hospital dying of cancer and has six weeks to live mm-hmm. and so i go fly to florida and uh meet up with him and take my brother uh, with him and both nurses are Christians and uh, you know he's down to two boxes of possessions in his life. He had remarried for 18 years and then divorced again uh, four years before this experience. And, uh, but in those two boxes of possessions he has left was that baseball that I signed to him when I was six years old. And no so, so where Satan might've said that, uh, you know, he doesn't care, you know, and those types of things, uh, that just wasn't true. Um, his he remembers us driving away and him wanting to call the police, uh, but uh, he knew that she'd be, my mom would be the better parent, and so if you went back in the 60s, right, or, you know, that much more traditional roles and, and so on. So, yeah, but long story short, the the nurses are like, hey, we should get you guys to come to our church, you know, and I'm like, my dad's got stomach tubes the whole bit, like, can we get him out of here? They're like, absolutely, church's got a band, we got a mm-hmm. potluck Friday night, so go down there, great message from First Peter, and we're hanging out at the the uh, potluck afterwards get an opportunity to lead my dad to know Jesus and uh, um, which is really cool that's and, awesome uh, he gets better gets off most of his medication moves to Oregon to meet the five grandchildren that he never knew he had reconciles that, that that second marriage moves back to to Florida and then about a year or two later the cancer came back and and he died but the night before he died he called me you know and he said uh, I'm at peace. I'm, I'm ready to go home, hmm. you know, and uh, yeah, so pr- pretty cool. That's a really fast forward version, but but God is a reconciler, you know, and mm-hmm. so, and I guess the, when we go back to what I said earlier, okay, what's the authority? What's the thing that I need to learn out of this? The, out of that was I'm really good at seeing unforgiveness in others, and I'm really good at picking it out of myself because there is no gray area in the yeah in God's world for unforgiveness, no matter what how bad someone has wronged us. Um, so when we forgive, then power happens and so yeah,
0: yeah. It's a great story. You know, just to finalize a wrap up, how does this affect the way you lead valor mentoring? Because I know you give a lot of statistics based upon National averages of uh, how many kids
1: fatherlessness, fatherlessness. And, yeah. So, just
0: maybe in on that note, how does how does sure. that relationship with your dad help you now in in Valor mentoring?
1: Yeah, looking back, it's it's really what we're doing, you know, with with meaning you, I, and all these other folks uh, is investing in the fatherless in our culture. So 43% of every child in America is in a home without their dad. Yeah. 90% of every incarcerated person, 90% of every uh, runaway, uh, homeless runaway uh, is from a fatherless home. And so that's where we're trying to focus. Uh, we, we need those relationships in our lives in order to be successful. And, uh, and that's essentially what Bauer intends to to do right through our one-on-one and group mentoring, uh, it's something that makes us unique is we have music, media, and the arts is all a part of a mentoring tool and, and a way to engage the community. You know, and then we we do service and then we run the rack. And so, yeah, um, that if this was a business, uh, our we have an endless clientele base. <laughs> wow, the, that's the, right. There's as many mentees waiting for a mentor as we can recruit uh, to find more mentors to invest in their lives. That that line has never gone down. So yeah.
0: Wow. Well, Tim, obviously we meet often, but it's a great time to just hang out with you and learn a little bit more and, and hear some stories that maybe I've heard before, but really that everybody can hear your story. Yeah. And I grew up in a great family. I really didn't have, uh, I had mom and dad who were married for almost 50 years, but I too was on a wrong road. Without Jesus, I didn't have any hope. And it was 28 before I came to know the Lord. And what I learned was accountability. I had to show up. I literally show up every day, every week, every month, every year mm-hmm. because it's the only way I can do the right thing. So, well, thanks for taking the time out today, and I enjoy this time. Of course, I'd I'd do this again. I think we could probably do it again uh, as we progress uh, with Valor Mentoring and just life. I think we have a lot to share with people, not through our success but through our struggles. Amen. So, looking forward to that. So. Thanks uh, for the wreck to host uh, this podcast. It's been awesome. Um, next time we'll have a new guest. It'll be a surprise. And uh, we look forward to bringing conversations with Buddy to you again. Thank you so much.